never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that will start with its English opening to counter your French defense, but it's all to make you fall into our queen's gambit. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening, along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. <laughs> Here, and I will be uh, providing the low-key, heartfelt uh, anime outro credit song <laughs> for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I really enjoy anime theme songs i really do even though i yeah. can't understand them i think they sound really cool so <laughs> no absolutely no i i just think it's funny because so many series have uh like the opening theme song is super like fast paced like it's like a great pump you up sort of song and then you get to the end credits and then it's like this slow like meaningful heartfelt sort of song and it's like uh i've heard people say at the end of the show, it's time for you to come down off the high of watching the episode. It's time for you to relax and stuff. And I think the concept's kind of amusing, but it kind of is really smart at the same time. So <laughs> I've always just enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, same, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hey, man, uh, this started off this week has been absolutely crazy. Not so busy for me. Um, the same, <laughs> the studio I work at has, uh, had a huge event this weekend. So I have done, since we were put down the microphones last week, I have done nothing but be there. Basically. I feel like I haven't really had much of a chance to breathe or sleep. It's been absolutely crazy. Um, so my, and watching... see, that's, that's funny to me because it's, the snow has just been melting for me this past oh. week, <laughs> so. <laughs> but that's, you, you might have fake snow or maybe your snow is still uh, pretty plentiful where you live. It just but. doesn't it just doesn't melt. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that is actually a question someone asked via the phone when they called in the hill one night. They were like, does your snow melt? And it's like, really? <laughs> um, but uh, no, we're nearing we know we're nearing the end of the season. We're just we just had a big event and I'm trying to get in as much skiing as I can before the snow melts because I love the sport. But it's caused me to be so busy. I have watched almost nothing but I yeah have, we, we can talk I can talk a little bit about the Super Bowl trailers and stuff but yeah um whatever you uh did you get any chance to watch anything read anything not a lot because like you have been super busy and uh this year it's really weird because it's almost like we just had a double holiday weekend because we had Super Bowl Sunday and the very next day was uh Valentine's Day and then between that and work and just other stuff going on in my life I feel like I'm behind on all the shows I've been watching and I haven't had a chance to watch much. Um, the one thing I did watch, that <laughs> I actually watched this. Uh, I should have mentioned it last week, but I just forgot for some reason, which is kind of funny. But I actually did watch the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. <laughs> Sweet. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I did. It's a it's a really short watch. I think it's only seven or eight episodes. But you haven't you haven't watched this at all, Drew? Not yet, you? not yet. And this is this is on my list. This is something I will be watching. Um, but I'm gonna tell you before you give your review of it. So that dropped. Um, the new season of Marvelous Miss Maisel drops in like a week. Um, Vox Machina is pumping out episodes. We got Moon Knight about to start. There's a couple movies that just hit Netflix. Uh, I still want to watch Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Stuff is starting to drop really heavily right now. Yeah. I'm just like, holy cow, do I have like no time for stuff. So I will obviously be getting there. It's just do my best to keep up is basically where I'm at. (laughs) Right on. Well, the woman in the house across the street from the girl on the window is one of the weirdest shows I've ever watched in my life. And the reason I say that is because I really couldn't the whole time I was watching it, I couldn't really pinpoint what the tone of this show is going to be, because I don't know, like I didn't read the description going in. I just started watching it because I was curious. And uh, uh, somebody I know told me that in the description on Netflix, it mentions that it's a dark comedy, which I didn't know going in. And it was this weird experience where I didn't know if the show was supposed to be serious or not, because there's comedic parts, but it's like super dry humor. And uh, the tone of the show almost feels like if they did like a like a Hallmark original film about like a murder mystery. So there's like this really serious Hmm, murder mystery stuff going on. But then it kind of feels like a really corny Hallmark original film with the production quality and the acting and stuff. And looking back on it, knowing that it's a comedy, it makes more sense. But the humor is just so dry that it was really kind of lost on me for the first half of the, the series. But the thing is, I'm kind of a once I get like sucked into a mystery story, I just have to keep watching. Like I had to watch the the whole show through. And I think the show is it was super entertaining. And like I was really excited to see how everything played out. But I was just really confused on the tone. And it's one of those weird things. And Drew, since you want to watch this, I don't want to spoil anything. But there's certain moments in the show that really baffled me because it was still at the point where I thought the show was supposed to be taken seriously, but there's certain things that happen <laughs> that just left me going like, wait, is that honestly supposed to be serious? <laughs> and I don't want to say what it is, but it's just okay. one of those things where, I don't know, you think that something's about to be revealed or, you know, you're going to you're going to find out some big plot point and then it ends up being something really goofy and you're just like, I mean, I can't tell if that was supposed to be serious or not. So this this one's hard uh, to say much about, though, since you haven't watched it yet, Drew. But it's it was an interesting watch. It was just the tone of it was so weird to me that I was so confused. But uh, the good news is, based on how the show ends, it does look like they're lining us up for a sequel. And I'm really curious what that season's going to be called. But uh yeah, I guess that's my really vague <laughs> what? review of the, the show. The, <laughs> so the the girl in the house across the street from the girl in the window, the woman in the house and and across the street from the girl in the window, the longest title in the history of the planet is going to be a one word title for the second season. I guarantee it. <laughs> only way to go. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's the only way yeah, to go. that would fit with the series or so. like I feel like the second season should just be called like she's back or something. <laughs> 
or something like that. That would actually really work with uh, the humor of the series. But like I said, it's it's a the storyline is really good, and it's 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 definitely fun to watch. I was just really really baffled by the tone of the thing. But looking back on it, knowing that it's supposed to be a comedy, it makes a lot more sense. But it was just dry enough that I was just like. I don't know if this is supposed to be (laughs) serious or not. So, yeah, it was an interesting watch. Um, For me, though, that's about it. Uh, Have you had a chance to watch anything, Drew? No, not at all. I've been nice. Like I said, I was so busy since we hung up the microphones last week. Like I was I was literally looking at the schedule going, I have to get a show edited and posted (laughs) so it can drop. Yeah. When am I going to do that? Um, so I was really like struggling for free time. Um, I have attempted to keep up with Vox Machina. Um, so I'm two episodes behind. That's okay. I can get caught up pretty quick on that show. Cause yeah, like, yeah. I didn't have a chance to watch. Yeah. I didn't have a chance to watch Vox Machina yet either. So those episodes kind of fly by. So being two episodes behind, I don't feel as that big of a deal. Um, mm-hmm. I just love the show. So I will get caught up there. Um, so that's the only nice. like normal thing that I would watch. However, because the Super Bowl hit, um, and for me is like, ooh, trailers. We gotta watch trailers. They always dump trailers in the Super Bowl. Let's pay attention, right? So <laughs> yeah, I was watching the game, but at the same time, commercials hit and I was glued because I'm like waiting for the trailers. And I was ultimately disappointed with the majority of the commercials. However, there's some trailers that stand out. Um there was the Black Adam trailer which um, it looks cool. It got, we got to see a bunch of imagery of things we knew were coming. Um, but that's the thing. Like, it looks cool. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's, there's not, there wasn't enough there for me to like really dig my teeth into other than the fact that I know I'm going to be there in the theater to see it. Um, the Dr. Strange trailer is made me laugh a little bit because they aired like part of the trailer and then it ended and said, watch the full trailer online. So <laughs> when the game got back into swing, I pulled up my phone and watched the trailer real quick. Um, and then I had to watch the trailer on the big screen because people started pointing out Easter eggs galore. Like people think they spotted um, Monica Rambo or Photon. They believe they spotted uh, the Tom Cruise Iron Man in the trailer. Someone says they spotted Deadpool in the poster for Doctor Strange. Um, like he's hiding in the poster and I'm like, well, that's cool. And with all the multiverse stuff, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so the trailer itself looks fantastic. You really get to see Shumagorath or, um, Gigantos. Yeah. Gigantos, <laughs> whatever it is now. Um, he looks great on screen. Um, the, the movie just looks absolutely bonkers, but I just can't wait to see it. Um, so yeah, definitely watch the Dr. Strange trailer when you get a chance. Um, I was going to say they uh, they have uh, Sue Storm from the Fantastic Four was in that trailer, too. Did you see her? No, that I missed. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> did you? I was going to say because that yeah. was and apparently so did everybody else. Yeah. Well, just because the uh, Invisible Woman sort of. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? I should have saw that joke come a mile At any rate, uh, the one that I was kind of really looking forward to was the Lord of the Rings trailer. Um because I've just been kind of like, ooh, Lord of the Rings. Okay, check. Let's let's see this. Because this is like, aside from the title sequence they showed, this was a real trailer. Um, I found the Lord of the Rings trailer to be incredibly underwhelming. Um, and this is why. 
they are very cl- we knew going into this Lord of the Rings show that it's before the Lord of the Rings proper, so before the fellowship. It takes place before the Hobbit. It takes place before the one ring was forged and it's about the not the rings of power. So all the rings have been separated to the various lands of men and the elves and dwarves and everything. Mm-hmm. But the one ring doesn't exist yet. So it's about everything that happened before the ring got forged. Well, we know that going in, and the trailer is very clear to let you know that. But I don't know what I was looking at. All the imagery looks great and exciting and adventurous and magical, but I don't know who any of the characters are. I don't know who any of the locations I'm looking at. It just looks it looks cool, but I don't get it. <laughs> right. I, does that make sense? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I just don't know what I'm watching yet. You know? So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's kind of how I felt about that trailer. Um, those are the big trailers of note that I was really like all about. Um, I, I know the, uh, Chippendale, uh, rescue Rangers trailer dropped, um, this week. I did not get a chance to watch it yet, but, um, the images I did see look great. So, um, yeah, but that's going to be a Disney plus exclusive. So, you know, that, that I don't have to jump to the theater for, I will say this in the realm of watching and reading, I did get my ticket for the Batman. So um, I got my seat reserved, ready to go. Can't wait for my March 4th. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> OK, well, that kind of covers the watching and reading stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty. Just because of, of how bu- <laughs> just because of how crazy busy I was um, this week. Let's jump into the news, man. This week, I was expecting going into today. The news was very, very light. And then mm-hmm. stories just started dropping fast. Um, so there's actually a lot of stuff to talk about. Some of them are quick hits, but there's a bunch of stuff. So quick hits. Let's talk about this real quick. Um, Halo has been renewed for a second season already. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good for them. That's awesome. You yeah. Know I mean? Um, we have, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog three is already in the works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's already in the works. And right. there's a Knuckles TV spinoff officially coming for Paramount Plus. That's pretty crazy. So I was like, oh, well, we're jumping right to a Knuckles television show. But all right, that's cool. <laughs> um, let's see. Other quick hits. Um, the Lord of the Rings anime movie um, gets a release date for 2024, uh, April 12th, 2024. Um, I think we all kind of forgot there was a Lord of the Rings anime movie on its way. That could be really cool. Um, it's the War of Roheim, if I'm if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I always like it's weird. Like you hear them, you hear the words in the movies, and you know how to pronounce them because you heard them say it, and then you see it in print, and you're like, how do I say that again? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. That that sounds pretty cool, though. I completely forgot that this was a thing. Um, is this going to be a prime release as well? Or uh, looks like it because right now Amazon's got it, but the yeah. Lord of the Rings IP. For some reason, the, I guess the it's all up for sale right now, um, and no one's grabbed yeah. it. But I don't, Amazon's probably going to grab it because of the show. It just makes yeah. sense for them to have all the rights. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Blade Runner twenty ninety nine, which I still have not a chance had a chance to watch yet, but this is going to make me watch it um, because I enjoyed the original. I've wanted to watch the second one, but I just haven't had a time to sit down and do it. 
Um, but there's a Blade Runner 2099 TV series in the works Crazy. Uh, at Amazon. So we have that show coming and it's going to be uh, Ridley Scott will be uh, involved. Um, so I thought that was cool. Like I said, a lot of these are quick hits, but hey. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it all sounds cool so far. So. <laughs> this is a little bit of a uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi spoiler, I think. Um, it doesn't surprise me, though. This this piece of news doesn't surprise me, but I believe it's a little bit of a spoiler. Jimmy Smith, who played uh, Bail Organa in the prequel series, um, is reprising mm. his role as Bail Organa in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Okay, um, interesting. I thought that was cool that they got him back. Um I guess we get to see him again, but in the realm of seeing him again, he was in Revenge of the Sith and he was in Rogue One. So I don't see that as a big spoiler to have a returning actor. The only spoiler there is the fact that at some point we get to see Bail Organa in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. But he's a prominent person in the galaxy. So if you're going to be in that era of storytelling, why not? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, it's one of those if. I don't know. It's one of those side characters that you didn't think of right away, but he definitely makes sense to make an appearance uh, during that time frame and everything. So, yeah, um, this one I kind of liked just because I enjoyed the first two. The third one wasn't the best, but it is what it is. But the Chris Pine, um, Zachary Quinto, Star Trek cast, the young Kirk cast is reuniting again for a Star Trek four. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, and it looks like everybody's coming back. Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Sedona, Carl Urban, John Show, and Simon Pegg um, are all signed in. So um, I think that's great. I didn't like the third one very much, but um, I'm definitely down for another one of these just because that cast was really well assembled. Yeah, absolutely. They, I think they played, for the most part, all the characters were played really well. And uh, I think the, the third one was okay. It just kind of like stood on its own like a little too much for me where it just felt like this isolated ad- adventure and you weren't uh looking forward to what's next because it was just so like self-contained if i'm rem- remembering correctly but uh yeah i did love the, f- the first two of those star trek movies um let's see what's next on the list uh here okay now we're getting into some interesting ones and i can't wait to hear your responses to some of these <laughs> first one and this one's kind of exciting spider-man no way home officially passes avatar at the domestic box office domestic though domestic, that's no. that's really interesting well here's the thing and this is where you got to remember there is a domestic box office which just covers the united states and then there's the global box office which obviously is the planet um Spider-Man No Way Home passed Avatar to become the third highest grossing film ever at the domestic box office. That means that in the United States, the number one movie um, for domestic box office is Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, followed by Avengers Endgame, followed by Spider-Man No Way Home, um, which is amazing. What we need to do is get Spider-Man No Way Home to topple Avatar in the global box office because for some reason... Avatar won't stay off that number one peg because like Endgame had it and then they re-released it to be like post COVID. Hey, everyone come back to the theater. And apparently people went to go see the movie. So yeah, <laughs> just enough to knock, <laughs> just enough to knock Endgame off the peg. And I'm like, come on, no <laughs> one is going to Avatar con. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm with you. I want to see other movies claim that top spot, but uh, I don't know. It's Avatar. It's got that. 
3D IMAX money that's really hard to compete with. Uh, yeah, right. Um, all right, here's the one I really want your answer for. DC Comics for HBO Max is developing a live-action Wonder Twins movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I actually think that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a... Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a comedy or if this is going to be tried to be played serious. But uh, one of my favorite things about modern superhero comics is so many of so much of the source material dates back to these uh, kids comics from like, you know, the 1940s and uh, the next couple of decades. And some of the concepts are so corny, but it's kind of like up to the modern comic book creators to try to make you know, something that was invented so long ago to make it like badass and like just really exciting and cool for, uh, you know, modern standards, I guess. And it makes me really curious, like, are they going to have some new dark spin on the Wonder Twins or how is this going to work? You know, Well, I just I feel like I, as long as the one guy, the one of them gets better powers than Shape of Water and like that's all he's got. Like, that's the when they did it in Teen Titans, because they did an episode of Teen Titans Go With It, and it was one of the funniest episodes because the one girl's like, I turn it into, like, tigers and birds and, like, all this stuff because she can shape change, and the other one's like, shape of water. <laughs> That's all he could do. <laughs> well, I think um, they could make him kind of like a waterbender or something like that. There's maybe some interesting things. But, yeah, like, wasn't he, like, wouldn't he make, like, bicycles made out of water and like like ice bicycles and just weird stuff like that like some of that might look really corny if they tried to do it <laughs> in live action but it, it's yeah i don't know really, this is crazy <laughs> this story caught me off guard big time and i was like whoa okay but it's going to be written by the uh, the guy um adam stycicle if i'm pro- stycle i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing his name right but he's the writer from black adam okay. uh He's the main writer. He's the head writer from Black Adam. And then uh, Mary Brown, who worked on uh, Temple Hill and uh, with Wick Godfrey, uh, that were made for HBO Max. So, I mean, they got some people in the corner. I just was like, Wonder Twins movie? I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And here's my two favorite stories for the week. Um, first off, do you, you remember when we talked about Zack Snyder was supposed to, so Zack Snyder was supposed to do a Star Wars movie. Yes. Um, after the whole Justice League fallout nonsense before the Snyder cut, um, he basically was removed from the project and they canceled the Star Wars movie. Since the Snyder cut, Zack Snyder has taken his Star Wars movie he was going to do and has moved it over to Netflix and is adapting it so it's not Star Wars. It's going to be its own thing. He's changing it all so it's not Star Wars. And he's going to release it on Netflix so we get to see it. What I think mm-hmm. is going to be weird about that is we're going to be watching. We're going to know that it's Star Wars. That's the thing. Like, it's going to be like, this is Star Wars, but not Star Wars as we watch. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the weird part about it. But um, just to remind everybody of the story of how this plays out. There is a Zack Snyder space epic that's coming out on Netflix. It's going to be called Rebel Moon. Um, Mm -hmm. The uh, first synopsis of the film has been released. So um, with some of the cast members. So uh, the film's uh, logline reads, 
when a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical uh, region, Belisarius, they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand. Sounds very Star Wars. Um, <laughs> but it's got Charlie Hunnam in it. It's got Ray Fisher uh, from Justice League. Of course. That was cool. Um, uh, Demon Hanu. Um, Hanasu, if I'm that he's uh, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's going to be playing General Titus. Um, oh, I think I know who you're talking about. And uh, Duna Bay will be playing the villain, skilled with the blade. Um, Ray Fisher's a resistance fighter. Um, I don't know. They were just some of the people that uh, got released for cast. So, so I just pulled up the IMDb page, and it looks like they have um, they actually have. Uh, concept art up here that you can look through which yep, is they do pretty neat um and it definitely looks vaguely star wars but um it it looks pretty epic and stuff and i don't know i'm excited about it it is you do have a good point where when this comes out we're gonna know this was originally gonna be a star wars story and it's gonna be weird to watch the movie uh with that in mind but i feel like there's a lot of people who aren't gonna know that and it's gonna be kind of cool to see what their reaction is and um i don't know it's just kind of a cool you or know, they're gonna life. sit back and be like he's ripping off star wars they're like <laughs> well he's not ripping off star wars he was supposed this was supposed to be a star wars like yeah. there's gonna be the people who don't know the behind the scenes and they didn't listen to this show to hear about it so <laughs> Yeah, the the, the haters are going to hate, I guess. it's You can't do anything about that. He's ripping um, off Star Wars. Well, he's not really, because it's supposed to be that, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I do think it's cool that uh, it is one of those, like, when life gives you lemons sort of situations where Zack Snyder wasn't able to make this Star, Star Wars movie, so he's taking the outline of the story he had and bringing it to, to another platform where he can just do, you know, his own space epic. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out, but, uh, yeah, really exciting to know how, how far this has gone so far, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes, I agree. Now here's my favorite piece of news. And this is our last piece of news for the night. Netflix is making a Bioshock movie. Yes, I did hear about uh, this. This sounds absolutely phenomenal. If you are listening to the show and you're like, what is Bioshock? Um, Bioshock is a video game franchise. Uh, there were four of them, three games. How about this? I played three. If there's more than that, I wasn't aware of the first one. <laughs> um, the first one is groundbreaking in the sense that I've never, I felt like I never played a game like that in my entire life. Essentially it's a shooter, but it's a horror shooter. And, um, so it's about this guy that built a utopia under the ocean, like this crazy, like vast utopian city under the ocean where people could live and enjoy their lives and stuff. And it was somewhere that they could go to kind of hide from like possible nuclear wars and stuff above. Well, at the beginning of the game, you're on an airplane that crashes in the ocean at the access point to the city. And you don't know it. You just go in to seek your cover and you find your way down into the city and stuff has happened over the years like things have gone wrong and people have killed themselves and or killed each other or like weird stuff has happened in there like weird i want to say like i don't want to say demonic because it's not like a spiritual thing it's like things are really messed up down there <laughs> right so essentially it's a horror shooter uh video game 
and you're trying to survive your way through this underwater city and escape. Um, and there's a guy like it starts out with the guys like asking you for help, but it's more than that. He's like kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes in a way. Um, and you're not like sure if you can trust him. Can you trust him? He's helping you out, but he's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's really kind of like the, the twists and turns in the story of the game are amazing, but the imagery alone really grabbed my attention and the idea of how the game makes you make choices and makes you care about like have like, like the emotional reactions you have to the characters in the game and the story itself is what really got my attention and really kind of drove me to be playing it. Um, I absolutely adored the first game um, in the most ridiculous way. It was like, I could not put it down. Um, so when I found out they were making this, I was like, Oh, this could be so cool if handled properly. Um, so yeah, like it just, the idea of this, like the big daddies and the little, and the little sisters and all that stuff, like it, it just sounds like, I just, yo man, I just can't wait to see how this plays out. Um, so. Did you say this, was this going to be a movie or a, uh, it's going to be a movie show. It's going to be a movie on Netflix. Okay, because it almost seems like it should be a TV show. Um, I, I I honestly have never played the Bioshock series. It kind of came out at a time where, I don't know, I was kind of choosing to not play video games because I just wanted to spend all my time doing creative stuff, I guess. So I just sure. missed out on the series. But honestly, I kind of appreciated it from afar. Like, I always thought it looked really cool. The uh, setting, the character design, like everything, like it's it was super epic looking. And uh, your description right, you know, just now, it sounds like such a cool, interesting setting for a story. So like you said, if this is handled well, it has the potential to be super epic. And uh, let's just hope it's handled well, because, uh, yeah, it just sounds really badass but uh yeah let's just hope netflix doesn't crap the bed on this one i guess <laughs> <laughs> well like i said as long as it's handled property properly um i think i think it could be really really amazing um but the i just the whole big idea of the um man you you really should look up some like like at least a trailer or something for the game yeah and understand like the imagery you're talking about the underwater city what a big daddy is the little sisters because they're that's that's a really creepy thing when you first encounter them in the game and then you realize how emotionally like gratifying the relationship of the big daddies and little sisters are and then they're not at the threat that you originally think they like it's weird it's like it's scary but it's not at the same time like it's this weird, uncomfortable, scary where you know it's okay, but you shouldn't be like accepting it for what it is. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's this weird level of uncomfortability. And there was a lot of uh, there was a decent amount of jump scares when I was playing the game too. Like you'd turn around and there'd be something that wasn't there before, and it'd scare the crap out of you. Of course, I was playing in the dark with headphones because that's you know how you play those games. Um, but yeah, I just this is <laughs> if, this, if you play them right, that's how you play them. <laughs> right. This is one I'm just really excited for. So. Awesome. Yeah, um, fingers crossed, but yeah, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know those were a lot of quick hits, but that's it for the news, man. We got through, man, the opening and the news faster than we, I think we've ever <laughs> have. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, but um, yeah. Well, it you is what it is. Tonight's list. Yeah, let's go for it. Cool, man. Well, do us a favor, Ryan, and roll the thing. Now 
Five. Yeah, dude, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. And okay, Peter. Yes. This was your pick, so you want to just run the audience by what we were doing? That way uh, our listeners, just to cue them in in case they missed last week. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been watching uh, Pam and Tommy on Hulu, the story of uh, Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee's uh, sex tape that got out. <laughs> just reiter- reiterating that if anybody didn't know. But yeah, the, the whole um, video. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, and it was kind of a uh, hard copy viral video uh, phenomenon, which is really interesting, too. But uh, anyways, um, the the whole show obviously takes place in the mid 90s. And uh, from I think I'm three episodes in, I think there's there's either three or four episodes out right now, but I'm caught up. And uh, the majority of it has taken place in 1995. And uh, just with that in mind, I thought it'd be fun to do a list of our top five favorite movies from 1995. And uh, 1995 was a year that I was uh, I was a little kid during this time. And I knew I was going to have watched a lot of different movies, but I this is kind of like what happens every time we do a year is I start putting my list together and I realize my list is filled with movies that we know and love and have talked a lot about on the show. And, uh, <laughs> that's just kind of the way it is, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm glad we tackled this list and, uh, I'm excited to see what you picked drew. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the list in general, or if you want to jump in. Well, I mean, this is the thing is this is another one of those years that, where there's not a lot of franchise films. It's a lot of like new yes. where every movie is new and exciting. And you don't know what you're getting. And it had heavy, heavy blockbusters like absolutely like Balto and um, <laughs> Balto and Casper and um, Cutthroat Island. And um, you're, you're just naming really awesome movies. I, I am. Um, we're talking <laughs> we're talking fair game and father of the bride, too. <laughs> And um, First Night, Free Willy 2, um, Babe was on this year. Um, <laughs> let's see, what else? Um, Lord of Illusions and, uh, let's see, Senior Trip, uh, The Net. <laughs> um, <laughs> I talked to somebody recently who just watched The Net, like, I think it's on Netflix or it was a month or oh, two wait, ago. This was, this was also the Showgirls year, man. You can't forget about Showgirls. You can't Absolutely. Forget about, not forget about Virtuosity. Um, Waterworld was this year. I mean, big, big blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just uh, thought it was funny that I knew somebody who watched The Net in the year 2022, and I'm really curious how that movie holds up. It, <laughs> you it, know what I mean? It doesn't at all, but that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, don't forget about Three Ninjas Kick Back and, um, oh, Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. Sorry, not Kick Back. Three Ninjas Knuckle Up and Ace Ventura When Nature Calls also came out this year. Oh, um, yeah, that's a great one. Like there, is, there's about five or six movies in there that you really had me on. So, <laughs> yeah, I know there are. However, this is, this does have movies we've talked about a lot, um, but that's OK. Um, there's nothing wrong with revisiting them, at least for like we chose a year. Right. So um, we're just ranking them. Um, I will say this. The best picture for 1995 was Braveheart um, and um, a wonder, wonderful, wonderful film. And. I believe when I do my year counts in terms of the movies I've watched, I think I honestly think this is the most I've seen 
Um, wow. when I always give a year count. I watched 113 movies from the year 1995. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't have my count on on me right now but i think i had around 63 so i watched much less movies this oh. year but um at the same time i was only like seven or eight years old or something so i'm sure i missed a lot of those r-rated movies and stuff that came out this year but it is what it is um do you have any honorable mentions um i do i have two honorable mentions um but okay I, I guess i have to go first don't i yeah I, I have two as well so so my first honorable mention is a goofy movie nice um and uh this is we've talked about it in the past but i love this movie it's one that i've seen ad nauseum um i actually kind of wanted to put it higher on the list but as i was building my list i was like it just couldn't go any higher than an honorable mention so i was like well it's one that's getting like kind of kicked off to the honorable mention category so um but if you haven't seen goofy movie turn on disney plus go watch it it's an absolutely charming film um and still holds up so yeah, absolutely. It's it's a great movie and um it does what it does really really well and I think that's uh one of the reasons why I really love this movie as well. So, we've talked about a, a goofy movie a lot, so uh we don't have to dwell on it too much um right now. Um I could move on into my next or into my sure. first honorable mention, which is the movie Desperado, which is another yeah. movie we've talked about quite a bit, but it's the Robert Rodriguez film starring Antonio Banderas and uh, Salma Hayek. Um, and it's just a really epic sort of um, modern day Western, if you will. Um, almost. It's got a lot of uh, cool gunfights. It's got a lot of crazy drug trafficking craziness and stuff like that. And it's just a really exciting, just really good action movie. Like I don't like I've said, we've talked about it a lot. I don't know. <laughs> how, how yeah. deep we want to go into it now but uh, no desperado thing. i love the i love the movie so a lot of these movies we're, we've talked about heavily in the past uh, yeah, absolutely and i have a feeling we're gonna match on a bunch just because of what the year was so um if you haven't watched if you haven't heard us talk about some of these things there's almost 200 episodes that you can go back and listen to us like go on and on about some of these movies <laughs> um but yeah so if we have our short reviews it's because of we've talked about them heavily um, so my next honorable mention is Tommy Boy. Um, nice. I wasn't. I figured we might have matched on this one, but the way you responded means that uh, it's not in your honorable mentions. If we did, um, <laughs> again, I love this movie. They'll never be able to. Not only will they never be able to recreate it, but they even tried with Black Sheep, and it just did not land at the same. Um, and Tommy Boy, man, when it's on TV, they edit it, and it drives me nuts because you can't get away with some of that humor anymore. So, um, but the movie kind of stands on its own. You know what I mean? It's just really good. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to, uh, think back of onto like which jokes and stuff you couldn't get away with, but I'll have to just rewatch that with this, with that in mind. But, uh, no, Tommy boy is, it's a hilarious movie. Um, it's one of the movies from this year that I've probably watched the most. And I just feel like it's, it's funny every time I always enjoy it. Um, and yeah, I think it holds up from a humor humor standpoint. If not, maybe maybe there's some offensive jokes that don't fly now <laughs> super well. But I think the humor definitely holds up. So uh, yeah. Um. No. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I've seen this movie. God, I don't know how many times. I've it's countless number of times. I can quote the movie all the way through, and it still constantly makes me laugh. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, the scene's coming, you know, the line, it's hysterical, but you're still watching the scene and it's just fantastic. So, um, <laughs> so what's your second honorable mention? Yeah, my second honorable mention is the movie Empire Records, um, which, Drew, I remember you introduced me to this movie a long time ago, but it's about a bunch of kids who work at a record store, basically. And uh, it's kind of the perfect mid-90s teen comedy, I think, in a lot of ways. And you've got, like, your heartfelt moments and subplots, and you also have, like, a lot of the really funny sort of high-fidelity-esque record store banter and uh there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on and i don't really know what to say because i feel like this is a movie that you have to watch for yourself but it, it is just a really good um yeah teen comedy from the 90s but it has that sort of record store coolness to it it also kind of almost feels like an indie film but it's i'm pretty sure it was like a pretty mainstream film when it came came out i think it's just it has that feel because it has that sort of um, obscure record store joke style of humor that goes through the whole thing and stuff like that. But uh, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, but uh, no, I just think this movie's um, great. I love Empire Records. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but um, this movie is just, it's it's your typical workplace comedy, but it's like, see, people don't know what it's like to work in a record store anymore. They almost don't know yeah. what it's like to go into a record store anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was at a party um, <clears throat> not last weekend, a couple weekends ago, and I mentioned how so we were talking about bands and like albums and stuff. And I mentioned how just about every artist now is a one hit wonder. And I know that's not true because they release an album. But the way you purchase music now, you only have to if you if you want to purchase their album, you technically only have to buy the song you like. You don't have to buy the whole album. Which essentially, turns, oh, I see what you're saying. which essentially turns them into a one-hit wonder. And like the radio stations only play the hits; they won't play anything beyond like their like most famous tracks. So you essentially have, and you know, I'll tell, um, you know what? I'll be like, just want background music, and I'll say, you know, Alexa, shuffle songs by Linkin Park. It'll start with all the hits first before it goes to at all deep cuts. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just, that's just how it is now. So people don't know what it's like to, like, search for music the way you used to search for music. You don't go into record stores and have those, like, long conversations and pull up albums and listen to them then and there. And, you know, people throwing on albums and you're just like, what is this? I got to get this song. And, like, those moments in High Fidelity, they just don't exist. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's the place that we all want to work, basically. Um, and it's awesome. The movie's fantastic, so... Yeah, I think um, you kind of went on a bit of a tangent that just is like sparking this nostalgic memory hole for me of like, I don't know, just yeah, before everything was digital and we had like music streaming services and stuff, I was like, it was one of those things where if you were somewhere and you heard a song that you liked, you had to somehow figure out who the band was and then commit that to memory until the next time you were in the record store so you yeah, could actually buy have, the cd you know we didn't have shazam for a while and <laughs> you know you shazam a song now and it stores it in a nice little list for you so you can go look it up later um 
Yeah, absolutely. On the flip side, though, I do find with streaming services, I'm a little bit more experimental with the music I listen to because I don't have to buy a full album every time I listen. Like, I'm not spending 15 bucks every time I expose myself to a new artist. And I think I listen to a much bigger variety nowadays. That's what I'm um, talking about. (laughs) But there there is the nostalgic hunt for... Uh, you know, all the CDs or records you want to buy that is really there's It's just a really nostalgic time period. So this is a huge tangent that we could even probably tackle on a different episode. But uh, no, I love that you brought that up. And it's a huge like nostalgic memory hole. That's awesome. So, yeah. Anyway, um, let's jump into the actual list. So my first one for the night is, well, that's Brown. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, we've talked about this, obviously, um, great movie, bizarre, like not want to say bizarre, but just a really good, like action film that just kind of catches you off guard the first time you see it. Um, I had a, there's a guy I work with who I made a reference to Boondock Saints, um, and he didn't know what I was talking about. And I said, you've never seen Boondock Saints? And he's like, no. And I said, why don't you go check it out? And, um, <clears throat> I see him like the next time I work with him, he's like, dude, I watched that movie. It was so cool. And like, we were talking and whatnot. And he's like, <laughs> they're like really cool movies like that. And the first one I could think of, and I, it, Boondock Saints and Desperado are not like each other at all. But in the realm of like just a cool, like standalone by itself kind of movie that'll just really get you into it. I was like, uh, dude, you need to watch Desperado. <laughs> so <laughs> they both have really cool gunfights. And there's like um, there's something I can see like they're like spiritually related in kind of a weird way where they're yeah. both like desperado you have the it kind of embraces the age-old tradition of like a solo like acoustic guitar player traveling around the country and uh boondock saints has like that old like catholic background to it and stuff so i feel like they are related but not really it's kind of a weird (laughs) weird thing but in the realm of what he was looking for the way the conversation was going i'm like yeah dude just watch desperado so you know absolutely and when it comes down to it, it's really the badass gunfights that we're here for. So I think that was a great, <laughs> great suggestion. So, right. But then that's when the guy comes back the next day and asks you for another movie. And you're like, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, just kidding. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So what's your first uh, actual pick of the night? Yeah, my first one is uh, Tommy Boy, actually. And this one is like Tommy Boy is a really goofy comedy. Um, I don't think it's like objectively in the top five movies of this year. But as far as my top favorites, it definitely makes the list. Like I said, this is one of the movies that I've probably watched the most out of all the movies on my list. And uh, it's just a great time every time. So, yeah, I don't have too much else to say about it. But, yeah, it's just a great, great comedy. Sure. All right. Um, well, my first, my next one on the list is I'm actually choosing the best picture of the year. So out of all the years we've done, this is the first time one of the best pictures has actually landed on my list. And that would be Braveheart. Um, nice. Yeah. Medieval times, uh, duking it out in Scotland, uh, William Wallace, Mel Gibson, like, you know, riding across fields. It's one of the first movies we saw of that caliber of that scale with like battle scenes to the scale of like a uh, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Um, it was the first time something like that had ever been attempted in that level of like with that many actors on screen, that many horses, the intensity of the b- battle fight, uh, the battle fight, the intensity of those battles on screen <laughs> watching those guys fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
So just a, it, a groundbreaking piece of film. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut, cut no, you off. Sorry. Right. Um, I was saying, speaking of the battle scenes, I'm just thinking about um, there's a lot of cool like behind the scenes. I don't know if it's on the DVD or where I was watching it, where there's a lot of cool behind the scenes aspects of Brave, Braveheart, too. Like um, I, I remember seeing this part where they made like all these crazy. I don't even know what you would call them, but like arrow cannons, basically, that would shoot like yeah. thousands of arrows. And it was so they could film like the cool archery parts and stuff and. No, it's just a great movie. It's uh, it has awesome battle scenes and stuff. It has awesome uh, characters and stuff. And I, I really appreciate this movie more and more as I get older because it really shows like William Wallace as a character is somebody who sacrificed everything for uh, the freedom of his people, pretty much. And I feel like you don't see characters like that or even really people like that <laughs> in this day and age. So I think it's like really becomes more and more endearing in that way uh, as time goes on for me. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. This is, this just, this movie's fantastic. So everyone should check this out. Um, what's your next one then? Yeah. So my next pick, my number four for this year, I went with Apollo 13. Um, and this is a movie we've talked about a lot before, but it's, uh, it's just a great movie. It's a great story. Um, it's based on a true story, which makes it super interesting, but it's, uh, a lot of times movies that are based on true stories sometimes can, you know, be a little bit laggy when you watch them and stuff. And I think Apollo 13 is kind of edge of your seat excitement, like pretty much the whole way through. Um, it also just has amazing characters, dialogue. I think the cinematography, especially in this movie is super impressive um i don't really know like i said we've talked about this before and i feel like i could go on and on drew i don't know if you have any specific thoughts on this one but uh well, no it's just a great film i'm not old know? enough i'm not old enough to say that i lived through it but because it's a true story it's a true story that we are aware of and we know and um we know the facts of it but it's this is one of those things where like you know the event happened you know what transpired but then you go watch the movie and it's way more exciting than you think remember or you think it is um and seeing the facts presented in the way that they were and it gives you a really it gives you that level of appreciation for nasa what they're doing how dangerous that stuff is um the speed at which those guys had to crunch the numbers and do the math to make sure the oxygen balanced out properly and like hey this is what you got to work with we got to make a air filter out of these components yeah i love that part there's just sequences of it that you're just like, good God, this is crazy. So, yeah, it's edge of your seat to the end from the beginning to the end of the movie. Um, and even and you go in knowing that it's a disaster movie. You know what I mean? It's not like you went in knowing that it was something else. You went in knowing something bad happens to these guys. And you're even in the downtime waiting for them to even get on the spaceship. You know, something bad's going to happen. Absolutely. So it's just it's it's unnerving in a way, but it's like unnerving in the best way. So, Yeah. Apollo 13, man. Love this movie. Oh, and awesome. uh, the Houston We Have a Problem line was changed. That's not actually the line. Uh, looking back at the transcripts was just We Have a Problem, and they changed it to Houston We Have a Problem for the sake of uh, the dramatic dialogue. Yeah, I mean, it's... I found that out. I, never, I found that out because History Channel did a documentary on it, and they were comparing the film to actual history accuracy, and they talked about that line of dialogue. Well, that is um, whoever made that decision. That's just amazing because, I mean, it took that like it took a simple line and turned it into this iconic movie line that people 
have been repeating since the movie came out. So that was definitely a good touch. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Um, my next one for the night is a movie called Before Sunrise. Um, I've talked about this movie a long time ago on an earlier episode. Um, this is a movie that um, really spoke to me for some reason when I saw it. And it really struck me as like, this is not a movie that like, I, I don't know if I would have sought this movie out, but uh, the girl I was dating at the time was like, let's check this out. You know what I mean? She just kind of grabbed it. She fell asleep. I think she got bored or whatever. This is essentially a movie about two people talking for two hours. <laughs> um, it's This is ultimately a Talking Heads movie, and Richard Linklater just filmed this thing so well. It's about a guy meets a girl on a train in France. They start talking on the train. Train pulls into a station in Vienna. He says, hey, I got to catch a flight in, 20, in like 12 hours. Why don't you just walk around the city with me because I'm not getting a hotel? And then if I turn out to be a creep, you can get on the train. If not... We just had a good conversation. You know what I mean? That's really all the movie was. Mm -hmm. And um, they just walk around the city of Vienna talking for the whole night. And ultimately, before he's got to get on his airplane and she's got to enter a train, they fall in love with each other. And they say that they're going to meet one year from today on the train station. And they part ways and you roll credits. Mm -hmm. And it's just it you fall in love with the characters throughout the story. And then you get all the way to the end and you're like, well, that's dumb. Like half of the audience, I think, was like, well, that's dumb. Like, that's how the movie ends. And you're just like, well, yeah, that's how the movie ends, because it's up to us to the, have that conversation as to what happened to them in the future. Did they make it back? It's part of the conversation. It's part of why we discuss movies. Um, so this movie, I watched it at the perfect time in my life because I was like the age of these characters when I watched it. Um, years later, they made a second one where the characters actually meet back up real time. And then they made a third one real time. But each time I watched one of those movies, it was where I was at with my life. Um, hmm. So I, you kind of grew with those characters. I'm like, well, I'm experiencing the exact same stuff right now. You know what I mean? When the, when the movie came out and then you get to the next one, you're like, I'm experiencing the exact same stuff right now. You know, so it was like <laughs> this level of like. Um, being with them as you go, the movie's phenomenal. I really do recommend it. Um, but ultimately, it's just a love story about two people talking and getting to know each other. So. Nice. I um I still haven't seen this movie, so I don't have too much to comment right. about. But um, that's right. This when is you start, my, this is probably one of my all time favorite movies. If I were to make like a top twenty or something. So. Yeah. Um, it is one of those. Uh, I do. I was like familiar with the concept of the film, and when he started talking about it, I IMDb'd the movie because it sounds like something Richard Linklater would do. And uh, yeah, you confirmed <laughs> that like a minute or two later. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to check this out. It sounds like something I'd like. I just, I I don't know. I kind of forgot about this and haven't seen it anywhere like streaming or anything. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to keep my eye out for this one. Yeah, definitely check it out. And if you're and if you're down to watch all three, awesome. I don't know if I'd watch them back to back. I feel like you watch the one, you wait a year, watch the next one, you wait a year. Because there's time that spans. It's real time between movies. So if it was four years between the first one and the second one, that's four time four years real time. You got to give yourself a gap when you watch those movies because it just makes <laughs> more, it just it just makes more sense to do that. It's the it's probably the only franchise that I'm gonna say. I mean, don't give it four years. Just I wonder what happened to those characters and you throw in the next one because it's just a movie that I honestly think needs the time gap before you watch the sequels. But, but yeah, so it's before sunrise and then the second one is before sunset and the third one is before midnight. Um, just at, they're just great, but before sunrise is the best of the three. So 
Nice. Anyway, what do you got for me? Your third pick of the night. Yeah, my third pick could be super short, but I went with uh, Braveheart. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we just talked about that, so not too much to say uh, right now. But uh, no, it's just a great film. This may go down to watch. is the shortest episode of the Top Five Report <laughs> ever, uh, because we are talking about a lot of movies we've ever talked about before, which is going to make absolutely my next week even funnier because it's a lot of stuff we've talked about. But I thought it'd be a challenging list to put together, so you'll okay. see what that is later. Um, okay, so uh, my number two then is the movie Twelve Monkeys. Um, okay, nice. Uh, you've seen this, right? Yes. Okay, this movie is absolutely bonkers, but it is bonkers in the best way. Brad Pitt is like, like this is early Brad Pitt, but it's like Brad Pitt at like the best of his game ever. I don't know why this guy did not get an Academy Award for this movie. Bruce Willis, like top of his game. Madeline Snow, just so good. Like this the movie is just phenomenal. It's literally about a, vi- a killer virus that wipes out humanity. <laughs> yeah. um, a little close to home, I think. But um, Bruce Willis is sent back in time to figure out how the virus was released. And um, he keeps finding links to that it being released by the Army of the Twelve Monkeys. Well, who are the Twelve Monkeys? Who's this Army of the Twelve Monkeys? Who started them? All that stuff. Let's stop the virus. Like, that's ultimately the movie. But it's time travel going back to back in time to try and figure out the piece of the puzzle and everything. And as he's doing it, people think he's crazy and they throw him in mental institutions and he gets out and then he meets, you know, Madeline Stowe and she starts helping him. And it's just it's just a cool concept for a movie. Um, Sci-Fi Channel did a, a television series, which I never watched. I probably would have liked it, but I was worried it would tarnish my love of the film. So I just never watched it. But. <laughs> have, you seen, this have you is... seen this movie? Yeah, I have. It's been a while and I know I need to rewatch it because I've I know I've forgotten a lot of the plot points, but I just remember watching the movie and being amazed. And uh, this is a movie that when this came out, I was way too young and this just wasn't a movie my parents were going to let me see. But it's one that I remember seeing uh, TV spots and stuff for it. And uh, it's something that stuck in my memory because Years later, I think it was when I was in college, um, I ended up renting it. And it was just kind of one of those things like there's a, a video store like really close to my college apartment. And I used to go there all the time and just browsing. I remember coming across it and being like, oh, yeah, this looked cool and didn't know what it was going in and watched it and just like that movie was awesome. I'm glad I took the time to see it. But like I said, I need a rewatch because it's been a long time. So <laughs> you know, it's weird because on the surface, it kind of looks like a horror film. Like it really does. If you look at the cover of the movie, if you watch the trailer for the movie, it looks like a horror film and you really don't know what you're watching. And then you start watching it and it's something completely different. Um, yeah, it's really like a time travel movie trying to figure out the downfall of humanity, like what happened. So all I knew as a kid was it looked dark and it was like some kind of science fiction, but that's really all it, all I knew. But for some, something was just telling me when I see stuff about 12 monkeys, like that looks cool and I'm not allowed to watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I guess. Oh, moving into my, oh, no, I was trying to figure out where we were. So 12 monkeys, that was mine back to you, man. Yeah. So moving into my number two, um, another movie we've already talked about this week. And uh, the top of my list is kind of some goofy films, but they're just some of my favorites. And uh, speaking of goofy, my number two pick is a goofy movie. (laughs) So (laughs) this movie I just really enjoy. Um, 
I remember when I saw this movie, it was like my favorite Disney movie. And uh, I kind of um, like I always liked it, but I kind of didn't give it a lot of love for a lot of years. But I think it was years later um, I came up across like a. Uh, I don't know. It was like somebody's Tumblr page or something. And there's all these different like memes about nostalgic cartoons and something about how a goofy movie is like the greatest movie ever. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, that is one of the greatest movies ever <laughs> kind of reignited my love for this film. But no, this is a this is a great movie. It's hilarious. It's really cool. And like, yeah, it's an animated Disney movie, but it's really cool and kind of a teen comedy sort of sense and it also has the heartfelt uh father son uh storyline to it and stuff like that i'm saying heartfelt a lot tonight i'm noticing but uh (laughs) but yeah it's, it's just a great film i think everybody should watch this i don't know anybody who doesn't like this movie so there's something to say for that but uh yeah we've we've talked about this one if you don't like goofy movie you need to watch it again <laughs> Absolutely. You, you need to watch it and try and figure out what what's wrong. Why why you don't like it. Um yeah. All right. Um my last pick for the night um is Apollo 13. Um I truly believe awesome. like even, I do believe that Braveheart well deserved that best picture nomination and award, but I really do feel Apollo 13 was the best picture of that year. Um it's probably my favorite of the year in its entirety. Um, yes, there's a lot of great stuff, but man, that movie, it's a, Apollo 13 is a movie that will, if I see it on TV, I'm most likely going to stop flipping channels and I will watch. So, um, mm-hmm. there's a rewatchability to it. I love it. It's fantastic. So, yeah. And I, don't I, have I think to say about it because in a way we matched, but yeah. No, and I agree with you. Like, I think Apollo 13 is probably objectively the best movie of this year. Um, I think it's definitely between this movie and Braveheart, but I think not that Braveheart doesn't doesn't hold up really well, but I think Apollo 13 does hold up a little bit better than Braveheart as far as just pacing and production level and stuff like that. So I definitely agree. Like, I think this is a great pick for uh, your final pick. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good call. (laughs) Nice. All right. What is your last pick of the night, man? So with all that being said, the last pick of mine is totally in the opposite direction. Cause I went with mall rats <laughs> <laughs> and oh, mall rats is, I think this is without a doubt my favorite movie from 1995, but this is a movie that uh, it's a super goofy, like comedy film uh, done by Kevin Smith. You know, it's one of the Jay and silent Bob movies, but uh, this one's definitely more of a personal pick. Um, Drew, this is another movie you introduced me to Um, this. I saw when I was in high school and it was one of those things where I loved, uh, I loved comic books and superheroes and stuff so much. And this is the first movie. Like I saw Mallrats before I saw clerks or any of the other Kevin Smith movies. And this is the first movie I've, I saw people, nerding out about stuff and talking about superheroes and star Wars and stuff. And it really hit me in a way that no other movie did. And uh, yeah, it was for a long time. I considered Mallrats my absolute favorite movie. Um, I, I think I've told the story on the podcast, but I think it's funny. So I'll mention it again. But when I was in high school, I was taking a French class and uh, one of the assignments was to do like a, uh, kind of like an oral presentation on your favorite movie, (laughs) you know, so I, so you had to go in front of the class and in French describe your favorite movie. So I went in front of the class and 
described Jay and Silent Bob's exploits at the mall, <laughs> dealing with LaFours and trying to take down the dating show and like all that. And it just kind of, in my opinion, makes for like a funny visual. Like, I don't know, most other people had more serious movies than that. But yeah, I went in front of my French class and uh, described mall rats, which was pretty great. But uh, yeah, no, this is a good movie. I'm down to watch it at any time. So I don't know too much else what to say. I'm sure we'll talk about this movie many times in the future. <laughs> so, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts here. I absolutely adore mall rats. And, you know, I... I'm not actually sure if I saw Clerks or Mallrats first. Um, I know Clerks is the first one. I just don't remember if I saw that one before I saw the other one. Um, it's it's a fantastic movie. It's so much fun. Um, if you're into nerd stuff, that's great because you're going to love it. If you're not into nerd stuff, it doesn't matter because you're still part of the family. You know what I mean? It's like you have Brody who's like all into comic books and the nerd stuff, so that all comes out. And then you throw in um, – and then you throw in all the characters around that like kind of tease him about his comic book collection, but they still appreciate the fact that he's into that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You idealize yourself with literally there's at least one character in the movie that every single person I- identifies with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then we all had those moments. And like, I know people, I don't know if people shop at the mall the way they used to shop at the mall, but I'm sorry. Like we were all mall rats at some point in our lives. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so i mean if, if you were mall. lucky yeah <laughs> yeah you just hang out at the mall you know what i mean so um i don't know i still love going to the mall i don't go very often but when i do it's just super cool i don't know i just love that smell yeah of and then you're, and then you're like cookies at the cookie stand and you gotta try them you know yeah. so um yeah no i love mall rats um i actually haven't watched that specific one in a really long time uh that's that's one that deserves a rewatch so nice um, well, that kind of brings us to the end of the list. Like I said, this is probably the shortest episode we've ever done. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, we did, we did burn done, through this one pretty fast. Uh, a short, normal episode, that is. Um, here, I'm going to give you the next week's episode are going to be a lot of movies we've talked about before. So the reviews are probably going to be really short. But I was thinking about after watching the Doctor Strange trailer and the world we live in with the superhero movies we have to date. We wouldn't get there if we didn't have stuff that predicated the MCU. So this whole list is essentially a before the MCU list. So this is top five favorite superhero movies before 2005. Um, the reason I'm wow. drawing the line, the reason I'm drawing the line at 2005 is I was going to draw the line at 2008 because that's when the MCU started. But um batman begins was in 2005 and that kind of set up the dark knight so because that's the beginning of the dark knight trilogy that's where i drew the line because then it goes from there so well i think the mcu technically started in 2001 right uh with the hulk (laughs) no i was gonna say uh the toby Maguire spider-man movies well in a (laughs) in a a sense because now we have because now we have far from home spoilers but um but you see what i'm talking no about. no uh, I, I know what you mean I, I know exactly what you around. meant by that but i but i know you understand my point so yeah before 2005 superhero, yeah favorite superhero movies pre-2005 so that's the cutoff you can't batman begins does not count like it has to be 2004 and earlier um and i know we've talked about a lot of those movies before um but i thought it'd be kind of fun to see how you and i piece those lists together so well, even you know, even if we don't give like full detailed reviews, it'd be kind of cool to see how the lists fall together. So, so my funny reaction to this is I don't I'm going to have a, 
hard time narrowing it down. I know you're cutting out like the entire MCU, but I feel like it's going to be hard to narrow down to just five. So <laughs> I know, a I know. Way to look like at I said, that's, that's why I was like, this could be like the reviews are going to be short, but I think it could be a challenge to put this list together. So, yeah. Um, it's just a different era of superhero films. So, um, so yeah, that being said, um, that's what I thought we could do next week. I just thought it'd be kind of cool. So awesome. Um, you ready to throw this episode in the can? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, man. Well, do us all a favor, everybody. Uh, check us, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Hit us up on our email. Social media, either way works. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars because it makes us feel better. Because we ha, we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it makes us sound feel sound get better, and it makes the words we say <laughs> feel important. Wow, I stumbled over that real bad. I um, feel like that's been a trend the last couple episodes. No man, I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> Sorry, not trying to call you out. <laughs> no, it's all good. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew three nine two seven. Peter. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I'll be reiterating that I don't need to explain my art to you, Warren. <laughs> um, <laughs> why can't I have a job? Um, <laughs> all right. Um, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.